You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this special BGM podcast extra featuring the world of Disney Pixar's Elemental. Black Girl Nerds was invited to go to Pixar Studios a little while back to get a behind-the-scenes look of what this new adventure has awaiting for us on the horizon. And in this episode, we are featuring interviews from director Peter Son, producer Denise Rehm, directing animator Gwendolyn Enderoglu, and directing animator Allison Rutland. Elemental is an all-new feature film set in Element City, where fire, water, earth, and air residents live together. The story introduces Ember, a tough, quick-witted, and fiery young woman whose friendship with fun, sappy, go-with-the-flow guy named Wade challenges her beliefs about the world they live in and the person she wants to be. So, if you're excited for this upcoming film, which is coming out in theaters on June 16th, sit back, relax, and enjoy this BGM podcast extra featuring the team behind the Disney Pixar film, Elemental. Uh, I'm Denise Rehm, and I'm the producer of Elemental. And I'm Peter Son, the director of Elemental. Awesome. I'm going to start with you, Peter. Um... Were there specific um, Korean cultural undertones that you added to this story, since this is a very personal film for you? Yeah, there, there, were, there were moments that it started out that were really personal, but then it was more jokes, you know, like, you know, like when we were designing like some of the shop, like my going to Korean restaurants, they have like a lot of barbecue with these crazy smoke vents, and so we're building vents like that. In terms of the Korean culture, I would say there's a gesture uh, that that dad makes in the film that's very much connected to something that uh, when my dad passed away that my uncle told me that my dad had done that I was trying to honor, you know. Is it strictly Korean? It is, I guess, but like a lot of other people do it, but it was connected to my dad. That's something. Um, um, But most everything else we were trying to make unique to fire culture, essentially, you know, and have it be its own thing. And not not associate it with one, like, Ethnicity, like yeah. not connected. We wanted to disrupt that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Denise, for you, what what led your team to the decision to present this film in 3D, and did that add any additional challenges to the production process? Um, Pixar has been doing uh, have uh, we've had 3D mo- movies since Up. I think Up was the first one that was 3D. So we always knew we would do a 3D version, but what was really different about this one and one that I, I, I can't, I'm really excited about is that Pete, we've been very conservative with how we do 3D. And when we went and saw our first review, Pete really wanted to push it. 
And I think that the movie, the design and the world and the characters really lend themselves to pushing the, the three, the, the depth of it. So I'm really excited about that. And um, so that basically involved us going, we had to go back and redo some shots to make, make it more depthful. But it's been going along pretty, pretty, pretty well. It's beautiful. Work. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I want to see it in 3D, which I can't believe I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> Are you nerdy about 3D? Oh yeah, and yeah. it looks so good in 3D. Yeah, it really yeah. does. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to see more scenes in 3D, yeah. especially yeah. with the um, the windbreakers. Yeah, yeah. 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 They look yeah. like yeah. cotton candy. And yeah. Just grabs. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, so there's, and I'll, I'll go to you, uh, Peter, with this one. There's an interesting dichotomy between Wade's socioeconomic background yeah. Yeah. and Ember's, which is, um, you know, Wade is more upscale, yeah. Ember's is more working class. Yeah. So can you share more about the creative choice behind the world building with their backgrounds? Yeah, it was, you know, it was simple as trying to figure out opposites. You know, like when I first started drawing water, I mean, fire and water together, I was just graphically listing out like, okay, one's hot, one's cold, one's fiery, one's chill, one's, and it was just opposites, having nothing to do with other than these two different things. And then, and then I started tying it to my own life and then going like, oh, what if Ember comes, you know, like new people that come to a country usually don't have a lot of money. There are now a lot, you know, but the, you know, in my upbringing in New York, it was very much like this, or at least I was surrounded by so many different families that were wonderful. They just didn't have money, you know. And then, then growing up in New York, you could understand the world of class, and and then people that were there for a long time, like generational wealth. And so I thought that was an interesting sort of opposites for uh, Wade to see into Ember's world and Ember to see in Wade's world. And so that was just how that all started. Sequel should be called Wade's World. <laughs> Hell yeah, that'd be awesome, yeah. I, now I owe you money if we do that, damn, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, Denise, what are you, I mean, we're still kind of in it, this journey of Elemental, um, but what are you uh, proud of, most proud of so far? Um, I mean, the phenomenal talent it took for people to pull it off, you know, in, 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 in some pretty dark times, you know, working at home remotely for the majority of it, you know, on something so complicated. I mean, I'm just, I'm really proud of the movie. Um, it, it was really emotional last Friday when, I mean, I, I can't really talk about it, when we saw the last shot. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It took a lot to get there. Yeah, it really did. Um, Peter, for you, this is an intercultural love story which parallels your own life. Yeah. Uh, why was it important for you to tell this story um, in animated form yeah. about this intercultural relationship between Ember and Wade? I just, there's two things. There's one, the animation side of me, and then there's the film lover in me. The, just to talk about the film lover, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of movies with minorities in them that I was like, you know, watching especially Koreans. I think there was like MASH. I think that was it. Um, but the Indiana Jones kid. Yeah, yeah, about. short round. Um, but for some reason, anthropomorphic characters in animated movies or, you know, um, some of the anime that I grew up with allowed me to sort of, sort of fit in there differently than some of these other movies. And uh, I, I joke about this all the time, but my mom, you know, uh, when I was talking, you know, watching movies with her, some of these movies that were more universal 
culturally, it allowed us to have a gateway into the film. And uh, um, um, my first short that I had done here was about a bird and a clown uh, and their relationship. And I just loved that it wasn't a race. It was just characters that you could live in. And uh, I feel the same about this, that, that why elements was just that like, oh, I feel like it's something that we can all see. There's a lot of beautiful diversity in it, but it's also characters that any of us could hopefully feel just because of their characters, you know. But they, they all come from different communities and respecting that they do come from different cultures and communities. And so that's, that's that live action part of it. And then the animation part of me was, it's fun. It's like really fun to draw fire characters messing around with water characters. And you know, the animation part of me was just like, oh, we like, you know, Lightyear was like humans and like, you know, uh, you know, fish was hard, but like we've never done elements before. And so when I was drawing them, I'm like, whoa, this could be kind of crazy and hard to do. Where could this take us? And so there were those two sort of pieces of it. This is the nerd in me coming out. Okay. Um, this is the nerd in me coming out. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that I noticed between Wade and Ember is yeah. that they can't touch each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And I immediately thought, because I'm a comic book geek, yeah. of Rogue and Gambit from X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Was that inspired at all? Or did, um, did you think of any other characters that inspired you based off of that kind of relationship where they can't, Kind of connect in that way? No, but I do love them. I love the Jim Lee era of of the of that version of X Men of Rogue and Gambit. And then I did love that original Brian Singer movie where they Anna Paquin, who we hired for a Good Dino, uh, was because I had so much love for her as that version of Rogue. Um, but could I say that it was uh, like it was really the science thing that made it, you know, like that would water and fire would be impossible. But now that you're talking about, it, I can totally see like. You know, like, oh, maybe Ember should have been rocking some awesome white gloves, like Rogue or something. But, yeah, I, I didn't think of it at the time. But, yeah, I love that connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need Wade to really start charging up things, though, to fucking throw shit, you know, like, like Gambit or something. What was the most challenging part of uh, filming this for you? Mm, uh, let's see. I would say... No, it took a long time knowing that we could actually pull it off. And so I, it was really hard giving, you know, parameters to Pete. Like when we're like, could we afford to do this? Well, I'm not really sure. So that, that, was, that was hard when you're, when, you know, he's trying to put his vision out there and it's really, it's complicated and, but you have to make sure it's also can, can get done. So the unknowability of that, I would say, was the most challenging part of it. I mean, I started the second he pitched, practically the day after you pitched the idea, I went and started talking to the R&D people about how to do it. So, but it was fun at times. <laughs> well, you guys did a great job. You broke through those challenges as well. Seamlessly, it looks so great on the big screen. I can't wait for everybody to see it. I can't Thank wait to see all you. of it. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and to Black Girl Nerds about Elemental. Really excited about this film and it's so great. I can't wait for everybody to see it and I can't wait to see all of it. Um, so I'll start with, um, with you, Gwen. You know, in the presentation, mm -hmm. it was mentioned, how does water sit down? Yeah. So how does water sit down? <laughs> <laughs> and, and how do you make that look 
believable on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we were always looking for like fun opportunities to just really exploit the elementalness of the characters. So uh, when you think about like how a person sits down, uh, we were kind of challenging the team to think about it from another way, like how would water sit down? You think about like where the weight and the gravity would be and what the surface is that they're sitting on and would it even sit on it or would it slip through it? And, um, and that just created like lots of really fun little entertaining moments of the film. Yeah. And Allison, since there is no human anatomy to work off of when animating the movement of these characters, are humans emoting the facial expressions? Like, is there mocap that's being used in this production? Yeah, so there's no mocap. Um, yeah, the way the animators generally work is they shoot reference of themselves or they get reference from movies. But yeah, it's all like the emotion is all human. And it was like the challenge was trying to get that human uh, emotion that audiences connect with into a, a character like an elemental character and like make it believable so it was like adding that extra motion on top that was just enough but not distracting so it was like trying to combine the two mm-hmm. yeah we, I mean it really was so handcrafted like animators had to put uh, far more labor into a shot to achieve that elementalness mm-hmm. um, in a believable way versus some of our other films and when you say um, used as a reference were the actors that voiced the characters used as a reference? How were how were people used as a reference for these characters? Right, yeah, so animators get references from all different places. A lot of the times they shoot their own reference and they, they act out the scene themselves and then that's the basis of their acting performance. Sometimes you can get uh, you know, inspiration from the, uh, the voice actors because we have video recording of them doing their lines and there can be inspiration there. Sometimes people are inspired by a another character in a film that's related and they use like a little bit of that acting. It's like a, taking a little bit of this, a little bit of that and putting mm-hmm. it into this other, this other piece, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always a fun compliment when the director, you know, watches a shot and he's like, oh, that's so Leah, right? Like yeah. it just felt so much yeah, like, like like a gesture or something. Or... Yeah, that exactly. feels like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been asking everybody this question. I'll start with you, Gwen, and then Allison. Um, we're still on the journey so far with this film. Mm-hmm. What are you the most proud of so far in working on Elemental? Oh, man. I, I mean... Honestly, the, the trailer coming out this morning was just a really wonderful moment. Um, and when, when I watched the trailer, you know, it's not, it's taking in this whole world again and, and reliving it all, but it's also like I see the animator behind every single shot as it plays and thinking about each individual's journey. And I am just so immensely proud of this team. And um, I mean, this film felt so impossible 18 months ago. Like we had no idea then if we could really pull this off. And so it just feels so validating to be here. I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you the most proud of so far okay. since working on this film? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, like what I'm super proud of the product, like the end product. It is like, um, it, it was, it has been a challenging film. I'm, I'm really proud of like the collaboration in the studio mm-hmm. and how we've really developed that on this film. And I'm proud of the team. Like it was a challenging film and they all did great. And yeah, so there's yeah. a lot to be proud of. Yeah. Uh, what what are the core features that help Wade and Ember gravitate organic movement and elemental? Mm-hmm. I think something that was really key that we unlocked early on, especially with Ember, uh, was that if she was too still, she felt like a mannequin on fire versus mm-hmm. being made of fire. And there was like a constant level of drift and motion that we needed to keep in her body that matched the amount of drift and motion that was happening on the pyro layer that was being applied after. Um, to, to really kind of like connect those two, to really add a, a layer of like 
she, she really started to feel like fire when she was constantly, you know, just drifting or, or adjusting or shape changing a little bit. Yeah. And then like even like simple actions, um, it was hard to like not have, you know, it's like picking something up is like you would feel the, uh, the, the joints of the rig kind of bending in the elbow and everything like that. So we had to kind of really, you know, think of like a different way, like, you know, it, maybe the arm would like presence out and then appear on the object and then, you know, bend in a certain way as she's picking it up. So just even like every movement, like as she moves her head, it would uh, morph and change because there was no skull. So it was just trying to put all those little those little details in. And another um, question too, as far as the, the 3D element uh, of the film, I mean, did you guys work on that component and how challenging was that for you guys on working on the 3D aspect of the movie? You mean 3D like stereo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we we often aren't thinking about stereo when we're when we're in animation and um, and sometimes that can lead to like regrets. Like I was talking to Pete the other day and he was like, "Oh, that moment of the baby burping like if I had known how that was going to look in stereo, I would have like just turned that more to camera to really come at the audience, you know?" Um, so I think it just shows though that our priority really is is on the storytelling um, uh, and these and making these characters believable and and the 3D is just kind of like another layer on top that can just help liven up the world. Mm -hmm. Are you guys do you guys work with the uh, voice actors at all like with directing animation or is it just um, focusing on just you know the animation part itself? Yeah, we don't work directly with the actors. The director kind of does the recording with them. Okay. And then, yeah, we get, by the time we open up our, our shot, we have, like, the final voice recording in there. So, yeah, it's already kind of established in there. Can you kind of walk with me, like, what your role is in Elemental? I mean, what your role is in as uh, directing animators as it relates to this film specifically? Mm. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, just to kind of, the animator's role is kind of the actor or the performer in in the in the film, and our role is kind of like one above that. So we are not like directly animating, but we are overseeing the animation team. And we had a team of maybe it was like around seventy five people, including crowds. Um, so we would oversee the team and making sure that everybody um, like the work is consistent. So we would be tracking like emotional arcs throughout sequences because animators can get kind of focused on their shots. So we were like above that and um, we were also trying to problem solve rig issues we were trying to um, make the team feel like connected and also kind of supported so we were helping them like solve whatever issues they needed we were doing documentation to making sure that they knew like what made the character feel on model like what made Ember feel like Ember um, so it was a lot of kind of building assets and then like managing um, like the team of people and this 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 uh, film in particular was challenging because of the uh, com complexities of the style and managing the elemental style was so new that we had to kind of teach it. We had to kind of develop it first and then teach it to the, the team. So it was like trying to develop all that. Right. We have to have a little more. Okay. What was the most challenging part of this journey for you? The most challenging part of this process and making Ember and Wade um, look you know, very real, very organic mm -hmm. to to the audience. Yeah, I think I think 
this was one of those films where we started production without knowing what the final image was going to be. And that is really rare. It, it's been a long time since Pixar has been in that position before of not having full certainty and confidence that we can execute it. Um, and so that is, a you know, you have to go to a place of discomfort and trust in the process. Um, you know, Allison, you call it a leap of faith. And I think that, that sums it up so well. Um, and that, that can be really uncomfortable for, for us. But uh, you, you really just have to kind of work through it and go through the steps and you know, I'm really proud of us for, for doing that. Yeah, you guys did a great job. I can't wait for everybody to see this. I can't wait to see the whole movie. Yes. So thank cool. you so oh, much thank for you. Thank to you. to me about this. Really yeah. appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.